The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. The Showdown Podcast with Corey and Vic. A debate on what movie is better, Corey's choice versus Vic's choice. They each plead their case and try to destroy the others. It's a combat of subjective opinion. I'm Brad Scott, your impartial judge, and as always, my say is final. Welcome to the Showdown Podcast. This is our Halloween Spooktacular. And today we have uh, no belts on the line. It is a celebrity charity exhibition match with no money going to any organizations. And it is Vic Count Vicua Miller and his movie Scream and he's taken on Corey Mummy's the Word Miller and his movie Nightmare on Elm Street I'm your host Brad Scott this is the Showdown Podcast And this intro is continuing to go because we keep dancing. Yes, so welcome to the Showdown Podcast. It is our Halloween special. This is a, uh, it's a, it's a match, but not really. It's more of a, a tribute to the man behind both of the films chosen today, Wes Craven, uh, who recently passed away. And Corey, uh, why don't you, why don't we start off by you telling the audience a little bit about Wes Craven? meant to you as a filmmaker who doesn't make films um and anyway. uh just in general uh yeah i mean he Wes craven i mean as if you don't already know he directed both films we got tonight probably his two most famous ones but there were so many um and we'll talk about this later uh there were so many that he that he did that he did write and direct and um, are, are iconic in, in the world of horror films, Last House on the Left, um, Hills Have Eyes, Shocker, um, shit, I'm blanking on a couple other ones, but I mean, the, his whole filmography is, is, is an amazing one. Um, and he, he was looked up to and by, by the in, in, not only independent filmmakers, but, um, even big name directors as well too and um it's just unfortunate that that we did lose him um just just a couple months ago um but you know that's what that's so that's why we're here today we want to we wanted to do something special uh especially with halloween being this week and uh and do something and do something in his memory very well said uh vic what about you what did uh wes craven wes craven craven Wes, his his long lost brother. For some reason, yeah. it's a different last name. Exactly. Vic, what did Wes Craven mean to you? Um, for me, it's more again. My my daughters actually love Scream. Um, they grew up with me watching horror films, and Scream was kind of the first one that they adopted as their own kind of horror film that they wanted to watch. They found it. They started watching it over and over and over and over again which meant I had to watch it over and over and over again. And um, the fact that it was a Wes Craven movie kind of made it more interesting to me than, than anything. And um, he, the fact that it's a kind of procedural slasher with a little bit of comedy thrown in, and that's kind of what I like. I like dark comedy kind of things, and, and it made it more interesting to me. And, and I, like the way, I like the way he does things. You know, I, like, I like his style of directing and, and how he makes his movies and... And that kind of has always been a, a, an added bonus to all of his films, and all of his movies have that that little bit of dark comedy to it. it it's always there, whether it's it's a little bit less, you know, in, in like The Hills Have Eyes, it's a little less upfront, but it's still there. There's little pieces and things that are in there that you see, and you're like you kind of laugh at, and then you know someone gets their head cut off, but it's still there. So that's always been an endearing factor to me for Wes. So. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy this episode. All right, well, let's get to it. Corey, chronologically, your movie came out first, so let's start with you. Uh, I want to remind people that there are no belts on the line. There is no champion. Uh, 
I think we'll all walk away winners. Yeah, when this one's over. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> with this with this episode, it's going to be a little different too. I I, I don't think there's going to be as much bashing um, on these movies as we normally do. So, although there should be some, there will be some. Let's still let's keep it with there, the spirit of the show. Yes, there will be some. Believe me. Um, anyhow, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, was came out in '84, so uh, so back when so many people probably weren't even alive yet. Um, it revolves around a uh, a, a child um, killer and molester who was killed by the neighborhood uh, neighborhood parents, uh, and he comes back to start haunting the dreams of. He wasn't a molester. He he was. He wasn't. He comes back to start haunting uh, start hunting the teenagers of Elm Street, and. It, it takes them the entire. Obviously, it takes them the entire movie to tr- to try and figure out how to not die and to uh, to kill Freddy. So <clears throat> it starts off. You got uh, Heather Langenkamp. It starts he- Heather Langenkamp who plays Nancy, and she's living in the house that you're shaking your head already. Yeah, because you're so well prepared. Yeah. that he's. He's sneaking well, and looking at my iPad. Well, I'm that trying I have to. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm just, there's nothing there. There's nothing there for me to see. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you, need, you need me to give you my notes? No, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but but Nancy uh, is the first one haunted by haunted by these. Oh, this movie dreams. also stars Johnny Depp. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that later. I'll get Sorry, to go, that ahead. Later. go yes, ahead. I was just you. mimicking how you you. Okay, go ahead. Yes, thank you. Uh, anyway, it starts Heather Lane Camp, and she pl- she plays Nancy, who is uh, beginning to be haunted by dreams. Who this person is, why why she's so terrified, and then as as she's in school, she starts she starts having these dreams because she's she's falling asleep and she's being haunted by him there and seeing classmates die in these dreams, and. This this film is base is pretty much what got Cra- put Craven on the map as far as far as a filmmaker. Yeah, he had Hills Advise and Last House on the Left prior to, to this, um, but it wasn't until this one that really caught the mainstream attention and really got people uh, spooked out. I know as a kid, I was generally creeped out by it. Uh, there were times where I would go to bed and I'd be thinking, "Is Freddie going to get me?" But then I realized, oh, wait a minute. If that were happening, it would be all over the news. You mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'd have to talk myself out of it by saying uh, it's, it would be on the news if that was uh, really happening. So, so I mean, it had it, it had a bearing on on people in real life, uh, not, so, not just in, in the film as well, too. And when, when you look at it, you go to any convention now, and there's at least two people, two, three people that dressed up as Freddy, as Brad and I experienced just a few weeks ago at, at Horror Hound, where we got to interview a couple different people dressed up as Freddy. And, yeah, unfortunately, you'll never hear any of Yeah, that. unfortunately, our audio didn't come out very well, so you may not get to see that. We have the those. worst audio-video guy yeah. in the business. I don't know who, who that, that dude needs to be fired. By the way, Freddy had uh, under seven minutes of screen time. I find that fascinating. Really? Seven, under seven minutes of screen time. It's just, but it goes to show you, certain characters, Shark and Jaws, the dinosaurs of Jurassic Park, you you only have to use glimpses of them and they live on. Yeah, and a lot of the deaths in, in this one too um, weren't even, obviously weren't with him on screen. Uh, Johnny Depp, as Brad already mentioned, is in the film. He dies and Freddy's not even there. It's... You know, a, a hole opens up, and it's basically Johnny's bed swallows him, and spurts out blood everywhere, and he's dead. So you never even see Freddy in, in that in that shot. So he, you know, for it to be um, for an iconic character, he's not even you know doesn't even have to be on screen that much to uh, to, to scare people. So uh, they shot this in thirty days and used over five hundred gallons of fake blood. And that's like, and they probably used like two hundred gallons just in Johnny's scene because that was a lot of freaking blood. Well, I mean, like that's what? Okay, I'm not a very, I'm not very good at math. If that's what, like fifteen, fifteen or so, over fifteen gallons a day, over fifteen gallons a day of fake blood. 
Yeah, you just think of a five five gallon bucket, and that's a lot of buckets. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there 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 there's a lot of iconic things that happen in this film um, between him walking down a an alley. One one shot always. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just um, yeah, I moved on from that. <laughs> um, the, there's a shot of him walking down this alley or, or, or driveway in between two houses, and all you see is a silhouette, and his arm is stretched out with the claw touching the wall, and it just keeps getting longer and okay. longer. Uh, that's one of the worst scenes in that movie, though. That's you t- have to admit that that is just, the way that they did that. Like the puppeteering on that was just—it it was horrible. It it may be, but it's still creepy. It's still creepy. Like there there are some seriously creepy points in that movie, but that was one of the like most ridiculous scenes in the entire movie, and that was one of the few areas in that movie where I was like, it took me completely out of that out of the movie. Like, he's walking, and you notice that he's starting to get longer, but you can see, you can almost see where they've got the, the, the lines attached to his arms, and it's floating out, like, doing this yeah, weird but see, thing that's the thing to the though. edge, and then all of a sudden, it's like, uh, it's just that, that whole part. That's the thing, though, because, because all of these things happen in dreams, you do have that sense of, of a bit of weirdness, because everybody, when they dream, there is a bit of weirdness in your dreams, and things that just aren't weirdness, right. Weirdness, yes, but, like, badly done. Like, weirdness in uh, in other movies is, like, a, a, a dreamish kind of sense. This was just really badly puppeted. Like, it wasn't even weird, it was just, it was, it was just bad. Like, well, I mean, it, there were other parts in the movie that were weird, that were good. This was, like, uh, I can't even really explain how badly done this one piece was. And that was one of the few parts in this movie, like, there are parts in the movie that are, that are, that are, because it's part, part of the dream, it makes sense that it's that weird. This thing blows it out of the port, this blows it out of the water for me completely. Maybe, maybe so. I get, I get her running. In that same scene, when she's running down the alley, she's doing that, this, like, running man thing, because whoever's in that, in that puppet suit can't run. So he's like, he's like, I think it may be, it might be a midget, possibly because he's really, he's got really short legs. We call them little people. Yeah, no, we don't, because you're prejudiced and you call them fucking midgets. But (laughs) you're the one they call them midgets. (laughs) He's running. She's running. First one. She's running, and she's doing this thing where she's like slow mo running. She's not really running, and he's kind of. (laughs) <laughs> like after it's it's really kind of weird but it's just cracked me up but it's that that whole scene like out of everything that happened in there which is a lot of it can be just unbelievable because it's 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 a whole dreamscape type of deal but like that whole part is just like that that could have done without that entire scene almost um one of the other iconic shots in the film is when she's taking a bath and the the uh, the glove comes up from the water, and it's about to attack her, and then she opens her eyes and it disappears. It's just there's between that the between those shots and the glove and and just Freddie himself, the sweater, the the fedora. Uh, there, I mean, this is, this is just an iconic film. Yeah, Scream is iconic, um, but not to the level that Nightmare on Elm Street uh, ever was. I mean, you don't. I mean, have... is Freddie the most iconic? Horror movie villain of all time? Is he I, Michael Jordan of horror movie villains? I think when when it's 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 that's a hard choice between because you got Mike Myers still you got you got Jason. It's those three are like the the top three. They're your Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan. Oh, I don't think anyone would make that top three in basketball. Well, I would say you would go uh, Jordan, Chamberlain. Uh, I mean, some people would even put LeBron in that conversation now, but but that's it's a whole nother show. <laughs> it's a whole nother show. But it's or but, magic. But well, yeah, let's put it this way: McFarlane, the, the the great toy creator, created six um, figures of of Halloween of, of horror icons, and in those six characters, the six characters are um, obviously you got your top three, and Freddy and um, Ghostface are in are those. Are those um, are those characters? So obviously, Freddy is one of those iconic characters. Way to slip in about your guy, though. That was pretty smooth. But this is the thing: he he, McFarlane is known for making his that he makes he only makes characters for things that he that he believes are are what are what people want in in collectibles. He doesn't make very many of them at all. 
that's what makes all of his collectibles so pricey. I mean, That's the word collectible. A crap ton of money. And for him to make only those <laughs> characters, I mean, there's a lot of horror trade characters out there. I mean, when he made the Cenobites, he only made, he only made out of all the Cenobites that are out there, he only made three Was of Chucky them. in there? Um, not in that run. When Mount Rushmore of horror, I think everybody would put Freddy on there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody would put Jason. Yes. Everybody would put Michael Myers. Yes. Who's that fourth? I don't think it would be, you think it'd be Leatherface. Leatherface? You don't think Chucky? Face. No. As much as I like Chucky, I'm talking about iconic though. I'm not right. saying how who you like more. If you, I'm talking no, no, about I, more. Yeah, who's more sure. iconic, Leatherface or Chucky? Well, having having been to so many horror conventions here in the last few years, um, those are the four that you always see. You always see somebody. But that's because of the costume, but, I think. But I, yeah, and I think that's what who, lends to the what, iconic. What's the number one costume people dress their kids up at for horror conventions? I'm willing to put my money on Chucky. Well, yeah, there's, it's either... Well, that's because it's a kid. Yeah, but that's because that, it's a kid. But Leatherface is because it's an adult. That's my point. But who's more iconic? I I'm not saying who people still, dress up more that. as at a convention. I'm I saying... I still would say as far as it goes, horror-wise and the... I think from the horror standpoint, if people... If people what people would say a, a iconic horror figure, if they say, when you think of horror, who do you think of? People are not going to say they're going to say Leatherface, Jason. They're going to they're they're not. Chucky's not going to be. Chucky's not. Yeah, we're going to we're going to put we're going to put I that think, up. I think Pennywise will come up before Chucky. We're going to put up on the uh, on the poll. We'll we'll make a poll now on the Twitter on our Twitter page and our Facebook page, okay. and we'll have people vote who's more iconic, Chucky or Leatherface. Okay. So okay. we'll put it to we'll put it, we'll put the poll up and we'll. We'll talk about the results on the, a future episode. Uh, <laughs> That'll work. So, yes. Because we'll, 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 I think, Chucky, man, I think you're underestimating Child's Play's, you know, impact. I think Chucky, Chucky's obviously in the top ten. I don't, he may be in the top seven, but I don't, I don't think he hits top five. Much less top four. Um, it's a shame I can't, uh, Tweet for the showdown. By the way, just a you damn shame. You no, can if you'd ask for the password. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so one of you tweet that out. Um, we'll, do, we'll do that later. So we're a bit busy. Uh, let's, uh, Vic. That was a smooth operating move, by the way. And let's go into uh, Scream. Let's hear about Scream. So Scream is, um, to me, I believe Scream. Like I said, it's 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 got a. Um, well, let's start off here. It's 1996. Scream came out. Um, Wes Craven directed the movie. He did not write it. However, um, he was chosen to direct the movie because of his style of directing um, and what he was able to accomplish with all of his other movies. Um, again, um, because of his vision and with the other movies he's done, like um, uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street and other movies, they chose him to do this movie. This movie actually may have single-handedly brought the slasher film genre back out of the freaking dumps. Um, and it's been documented that and at that point, a lot of the, the slasher films had started going the way of direct-to-DVD, um, direct-to-video, um, and streaming, and had been losing ground and hadn't been making any money and had just been kind of dying out. Uh, when Scream came out... Um, they kind of revitalized the genre because actual, not, I wouldn't say they were all A-list actors, but more well-known actors started getting interested in being in that kind of movie where they had been kind of not looking at that as an avenue prior to, to being in those kind of movies. It's so. the film that brought Courtney Cox and David, <laughs> and David Arquette, Arquette together. together. I mean, it's... <laughs> which, which is funny. It's a meet-cute at the end of the day. <laughs> when, uh, when I was watching it and... And they, they met for the first time. They're like, oh, that's where they met. <laughs> so um, you have Nev Campbell, who plays uh, the, the the heroine in the movie. Um, Skeet Ulrich is her boyfriend. Uh, you have Rose McGowan. Uh, Matthew Lillard, who I like a lot Shaggy. in almost everything that he does. He's, a, he's an odd actor, but I like him in just about everything he does. And he's in a lot of these movies that, that I watch, I notice. Um, he's in several um, horror f- flicks, and he has he's Shaggy. Um, as you mentioned, Jamie Kennedy. It's kind of weird. That's uh, um, that's that's Brad's buddy. <laughs> I like Jamie Kennedy. I do too. And he was, was a nice guy. This was uh, kind of his break in, break in thing, from what I understand. 
Um, Courtney Cox. Yeah, I mean, this was... This, well, this is still a role he's known for today. Um, and interesting story. When he was doing our local Fox News station here in Indianapolis... Did they not ask him about that? They did, and the uh, the reporter... or the, uh, the guy interviewed him, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. Uh, but the, the guy interviewed him is like... Uh, uh, yeah, and of course we all remember the big dramatic reveal at the end where you pull off the mask and you're the killer. And Jamie Kennedy's like, "What? <laughs> oh, wasn't?" He's like, you got and he's like, "No, yeah, yeah, you're your character. You were the you were the killer the whole time." And he's like, "Bro, no, I I died in the movie. Like I got killed." And he's like, "Oh, I think like you're putting me on now." No, uh, and then you can just see how awkward it gets. Oh, please and, tell me that dude was serious. Yeah, he was serious. And Jamie's like making fun of him. And he's like, uh, uh, he tells him that he uh, uh, confused him for some. Oh, it was so funny. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Which I, just goes to show you, you can't trust Fox News. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it was a breakout movie for Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. So, um, and then, I mean, you also had, like, like you said, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, um, Drew Barrymore, who was supposed to originally play, um, Nev, Cam- Nev Campbell's character, um, and as all you know, I never remember the names of the actual Sydney. characters in the thing, so Sydney, um, she was originally supposed to play it, and that's actually the reason why. she was why. too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. That was actually she the reason. She could only do one scene. <laughs> that was the original reason why they, um, like so many people were atta- kind of wanting to attach themselves to the movie because she was like, they were like, oh, Drew Barrymore wants to do this? Why does a real actress want to do a scary movie? This doesn't make any sense. Um, but because of a, I guess a contractual agreement for something else kind of popped up so she wasn't able to do it. So she just did the, the opening scene of the movie and that was still enough to get people to want to do it. Um, I think, and, and, and to that too, I think that's something that really took people by surprise when watching the movie because they're like, oh, they didn't expect her to die so quickly. Yeah. That she dies in the opening scene. It's like, what the fuck? Seriously? They're like, hold on, Drew Barrymore's in this, and she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> what the? What are like, Yeah. If she's it, gone already. Who's going to live through this movie? Basically, yeah, exactly. You're, you're setting everybody else up to say, okay, if she can die, who else is going to yeah, die? Everyone else is done. So, um, you know, and then, like, Henry Winkler's in it, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, the, that's the oddball thing. I was just like, I, I mean, obviously I've seen it before, so I knew he was in it. But watching yeah. it again, it's like, I just don't get the casting of him in this. But you notice he's uncredited? Is he? Yeah, he's uncredited, and from and reading more about it, he did it on purpose and told him not to credit him because he didn't want to take away from everybody else that was in it because they're all, like, upstart actors. Yeah. So he didn't want his name to, like, outshine any of them. So, like, okay, so you took all of the glory away from yourself, but in turn put glory on yourself for not yeah. trying to... <laughs> yeah, well, that probably didn't come out until later. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it didn't, but, like... And then Lee Shriver, who's another one of my kind of later on in life kind of favorite actors these days because of uh, Ray Donovan and some right. and He played uh, uh, Sabretooth in the X-Men movie, in the Wolverine uh, um, origin story. I liked him in that. His his character his casting was was weird too, just because, I mean I don't know he wasn't really that known then. No, not at all. But I don't know maybe it's just maybe it's just because he's gone on to do bigger things that, that the casting seems weird. But the fact that he's only in like two quick shots of news footage and that's it. It's, yeah. I mean it's like you could have had anybody do that do that role, but I don't know. So basically the 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 the, the overall thing to the story is that um Nev Campbell's character, she is a her mom was killed um by a serial killer um who raped and murdered her. Um her and her dad live in a small town and she's just trying to get through high school and um and make it. Um there is a two teens are murdered in the town. The school starts going haywire. They're like, oh my God, these teens got killed. You need to be careful, blah, blah, blah. Um, as it progresses, a couple more kids get killed um, and they decide that, okay, this needs to be taken care of. So they, they tell the kids, go home. We're going to, we're going to cancel school. This is just getting out of hand. Of course, the kids are all like, great party time. They take off and everything kind of starts going crazy from there. Um, the boyfriend, uh, Nev Campbell's boyfriend, uh, mysteriously pops up in her house when the killer goes after her um, and gets arrested. And while he's in jail, uh, the old the old uh, trope of, oh, well, the killer's in jail, and I get a phone call from the killer while he's in jail, so you have to let the killer free, you know, that pops up. So a lot of, like, 
little tropey things that always happen in horror movies happen in this movie, and and it's it's that's the part that I kind of enjoyed about it because they throw all the little things about horror movies that you always see happen in horror movies into the movie, but it's all kind of self aware of it. Yeah, they know what's happening, and they 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 make light of it, but still manage to pull off the fact that it's happening which and still kinda, make it interesting. Well, yeah, let's say which is kind of who Jamie that was Jamie Kit, uh, Kennedy's right through yeah, the entire was, movie. He was the vehicle, yeah. for that. Yeah, and uh, even, even to deliver the the uh, the rules of of, of oh uh, yeah at the party. Yeah, he he tells them is like, look, there are things you cannot do when you're, when you're in a horror movie, and. There's even I'll a, be right back. Yeah. He's like, you want another beer? I'll be right back. Um, so they go through the through the storyline. And one of the things that, again, is interesting about how they, they deliver all of the, the, the craziness of this movie is like, he's not a, it's, it's a murderer. It's a guy running around killing kids, okay? But it's, they're not just living up to that stereotypical slasher film mentality. The girl sees the killer. The girl runs for it. The, the killer walks after her, catches up with her, stabs her in the back. Like, they all fight back, kind of, and they get their licks in before they go down, and that's that's cool to me. Like, I like seeing them fight back before they die rather than just scream, fall over, break their ankle, and get stabbed in the neck. Like, that's, that's the cool part about this movie, and it kind of set up... Um, future movies to have that same kind of fight back mentality rather than just kind of lay down and take it. And and like movies like I Know What You Did Last Summer, um, uh, Jeeper Creepers, like all those kind of movies that came after that kind of didn't really follow the exact same pattern but kind of fit the same mold. And that, that made Well, these reintroduced movies. like slasher and horror films. Yeah. Which, I'm you know, by the, by the end of Freddy's run had just gotten to be jokes right at that point and nobody was watching them and on top of that got chicks to start watching the damn thing so I, we could take dates to see slasher movies well, you, <laughs> you could old man <laughs> <laughs> i was 14 <laughs> so uh i do remember though you have game this. at 14 come on i did but i remember well, i wasn't taking chi- i was well, i'm not gonna yeah, hey my mom will be there at seven <laughs> <laughs> i always was like i always thought my friends that did that were so lame I was like, oh you're going on a date really mom pick us up at nine it'll be over yeah there. i just get dropped off at the movies i like, grew up in florida you know. we just walked over to the movie theater uh, in the house so <laughs> but i remember like it was an event watching it you know because i was 14 i remember watching it at my friend's house when i stayed the night there and like his sister his older sister who was in high school had it and uh i guess maybe i was in high school too she's older anyways and we watched it as like a group you know and it became like a popcorn movie where it was like fun to sit in a group of people who hadn't seen it and eat popcorn and watch it one of the things uh there, there's a few things that I noted during this movie. Um, I when I was rewatching it, I was trying to see, knowing that there's two killers, trying to see if there's inc- any inconsistencies. Like, wait a minute, that couldn't happen, you know. But I really surprisingly, I couldn't really find anything. It's like I kind of figured you can kind of figure like who the killer was at this point. The TV thing was bullshit. Which what one? Do you mean? Are you, are you going to be trying to figure out, like, which person was? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I was trying to figure out, okay, did, did they did they screw up as far as the story goes, you know? It, but there really wasn't any. But then, the, you know, like, at the time when... Well, no, I think the multiple killers can kind of cover up for almost anything. It, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm... That's, yeah. Because um, you get, well, how was he there then? Well, it was just... Yeah, yeah it was the other day. Yeah, it sounded the exact same. So maybe yeah. you didn't know who was there. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny, too, because in the very beginning when... Uh, uh, oh, no, wait. It wasn't in the beginning. It was when Sydney was getting chased by... Uh, by uh, Ghostface. When, he was get, when she was getting chased... And he, she, she tries to dial nine one one on her computer, which is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Um, he disappears, and then her boyfriend comes in through the window. It's like, okay, now you know that that killer was actually uh, Shaggy, mm-hmm. and not and not fake Johnny Depp, um, which is what I kept calling him throughout the whole movie. Skeet. Yeah, I mean he. Ah, skeet, 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 skeet. It's funny because. 
my wife and I were wa- were watching it. And she uh, she came in through halfway through and was watching it with me, and I was and I kept calling him fake Johnny Depp, and she's like, "Why do you call him fake Johnny Depp?" I said, "Look at him." And there was one shot in particular that came, just happened to show up, and it's like hey, it looks like a young Johnny Depp right there. I mean, would you say this uh, that that would you say Ghostface is probably second to Freddy for like Halloween costumes and stuff? Um, because I mean costumes like people that people dress up as, like the ghost ghost face. Man. I, I see a lot of, and you still see them to this yeah. day. And I would even venture to say that in uh, ninety six to ninety eight, he passed. It was him. yeah, it's probably the number one. I would say. He passed I would. Him. I would say so too. Because it's it's way more comfortable, and it takes way less. All you really have to do is get the mask and a cheap, cheap black robe. Cheap black well, that, robe. And they sold. They sold that whole thing as a unit. Yeah, for a, but I'm saying you can even just there. get the you can mask just buy with the mask. Freddy. You have to get the mask. Then you have sweater, to find a black gloves, and red sweater. You have to find a, a glove, a hat. Whereas with GoFed, yeah, you just get the mask and you get a yeah. black robe. Yeah, I, I've got, I've got to agree with that. And there were tons that. of people. People are just the black hoodie. hoodie. Yeah, with the mask. Well, I'm sure, especially in your neighborhood. Yeah. Well, not not so much. Not, not, not By the way, did you know the original <laughs> idea was for the ghost face costume to be an all white robe to look more yeah. like a ghost? Yeah, but I they were worried that. that people were gonna <laughs> so confuse it for the clan. Yeah. Well, if you because the original that original um that original uh, outfit. Had a long ass trailing, um, like pointing oh, from the thing hood? on yeah. the hood. So if that thing, someone had put that on, it would have been like a pointed Ku Klux Klan looking thing. Especially for like, what was it, uh, Scream Two, the opening <laughs> sequence? Oh yeah, in the theater, they would have had too many people be yeah. like, that, "That man is doing God's work, uh, killing that gator pink as <laughs> <laughs> uh, That Dwayne Martin, Dwayne <laughs> basketball. Was it Dwayne Martin or Omar Epps? I thought it was Omar. Oh, Omar Epps. Yeah, Omar, Omar. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they all look the same. But I, I th- even even still, I think I think going with the black was was a better choice. Anyhow, it's more ominous. Yeah. The other thing to it too is like plus it, plus you would have been able to you would have been able to see him out by the pool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn off the lights. Um, you're you're all white. Yeah. I can see you. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that glowing? Did you get the cheap glowing one? <laughs> Why so, is there a green face? So the other thing that kind of drove me nuts on this movie when I'm watching it is that Jiffy Pop thing. Yeah. Oh. Who actually eats Jiffy Pop anymore? Yeah. I know they still make it. This is '96. I understand, but I know they still make it. But there were still microwaves, and there was microwave popcorn, and there was a huge and like microwave popcorn was the much bigger thing because there were um, there were blockbusters, and blockbusters sold a fuck out of microwave. Yes, popcorn. we did. So my my problem with this wasn't really the Jiffy Pop so much as it was that was a really nice house. And that damn fire alarm never, never went, went off, off until the mom and dad came in the yeah. house. That's what was driving me nuts with that entire opening scene. Like everything else, I was fine with. I'll tell until you, the fire alarm didn't go off till the mom walked in the house. There were some <laughs> other things I thought uh, that I that I had to. That say. was cracking me up. The dialogue between Sydney and Fake Johnny Depp towards the beginning, where he's the whole PG thirteen and the R rated. <laughs> the whole dialogue, I'm like. This who come on? It's TV Bopper dialogue. I know. It's you know the, what that was. And, and the problem is, it, the, it was written by Kevin Williamson, who also was the writer and creator of Dawson's Creek. Uh-huh. And it's like it's like he lifted dialogue from Dawson's Creek and and Did put it in here. Did you listen to the dialogue in in uh, <laughs> when they're talking in uh, in A Nightmare on Elm Street? It was like they pulled it straight from a 1970 horror flick. Oh yeah, but, <laughs> and you notice the cameo, right? Which one? The the guest of honor. For our show, was a cameo has a cameo in screen. Oh, as, as he's the janitor, the janitor yeah. named Fred. Yeah, wearing the wearing same clothes from Nightmare on Elm Street. Right, that, that's that's Actual there's that's that's one Nightmare on Elm Street now. The other one is uh, the sheriff Dewey's mm-hmm. boss. The sheriff was also a policeman in Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, yeah. By the way, uh, scary movie, the original, uh, the. The guy that plays the David Arquette, that the, the plays like the Doofy. retarded version, Doofy, Doofy, yeah. one of the best parodies ever. Yeah. That it was so fucking <laughs> yeah. funny. That that's yeah, that's that, that and the fact that Scary Movie is the actual original name for this movie. Yeah. Was it really? Yeah, mm-hmm. this was originally penned under the name Scary Movie, but they changed it right before the movie finished. Before the movie wrapped, Scary Movie it. sounds like a comedy. They somehow. changed yeah. it to um, to uh, Scream because it seems so obvious. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, the Wayans, the Wayans did good in ends. Well, they I tried. No, okay. no, go ahead. They tried to. Um, this movie almost ended up with an NC seventeen rating because uh, basically they Nicotero and them made it too gory. Mm. Should they had to scale back? Yeah, they kept trying to get them to scale it back, and they kept scaling it back. It went back to the to uh, to the ratings like nine times. They kept trying to get them to scale it back. Kept trying to get them to scale it back. They um, West finally was like, "I'm not doing it anymore. I'm done. Fuck them. I'm not gonna. They're not doing it." So um, the uh, the production company went to him and said, "Look, stop watching it as a horror film. Watch it as a comedy, and then tell me what you think." And they gave it a fucking R rating. This is that's all they did. They didn't have to change anything else after that. This is the movie that also made me realize that Henry Winkler was alive. <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten that, and he, that he wasn't Munch from. Uh... <laughs> He's awesome, by the way. He's especially he was Dude, great with those on Arrested scissors. Development. Yeah, yeah. But, but, with those scissors but, but, when he was when he was threatening the kids. In the uh, in the yeah, office, yeah. he's like, if he got any closure with those scissors, he would have fucked those kids up. Um, one th- there was there was something that the sheriff uh, says. He asks, uh, "Oh, when fake Johnny Depp had a they, he had a cell phone, and they're like, and the sheriff says, what are you doing with the cell phone?'" And the response was. Everybody's got them. I just thought it was funny because nowadays everybody does have them. You wouldn't have to explain that. Yeah. Hold on. What year? This was this, this not, was ninety six. Not everybody in ninety six had cell phones. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you know, he's trying to cover it up. Not cause... to mention a cell phone that size, because I remember my cell phone in ninety six, and it was not that small. <laughs> wasn't as big as. But wasn't this kind of a rich white kid community? Yeah, it was, but still, yeah. it's even a little privileged. I, I I grew up in Winter Park, Florida, man. You don't get more rich. By white the way, kid than that. by the way, if uh, if if Skeet is a black kid. Uh, oh, he's he, was, he doesn't make it out of that, no, right? No. Like as soon as they think he's the murderer and yeah. he's there, he's dead, right? Shot on spot. There wasn't a black kid in there. I didn't see a black kid there. Uh, there was not. <laughs> Period. No. Um, you you, you mentioned uh, the size of the the phone was it, was the size of your cell phone as big as Gail Pre- uh, Gail's. Courtney Cox's phone. She had the huge. No, I didn't have the. I didn't she had have the, the huge brick. block br- no. or brick. No, 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 no. I had I had the Nokia, the Nokia brick. <laughs> it was like only about that. I didn't get a cell phone so until two thousand. I want to say or two thousand one. <laughs> um, there was the, they Dewey tells them that uh, they're checking all the cell phones, cell phone accounts to see where the call came from, and that was a that's another one. It's like really. You can't really do that, especially well, nowadays. Well, you only have to check three phones. <laughs> right. It's probably not that hard. Yeah, it's, it's like one another one of those things where it's like, you couldn't do that now, even if you really could do it then. Um, when Rose McGowan's character dies in the garage door, my wife said, how did how is that garage door going to hold her weight? I said, they can't, because as kids, we would hang on the garage doors as they were going up, just because we were kids. Yeah, it's not very smart now, but um, I was like, yeah, it doesn't hold, because it automatically just stops. Come on, that was rich white kid. That was rich white kid family area. They probably had, like, super fucking... Yes. <laughs> my, my question with it was, like, once she got her boobs through there, and that one arm through there, and realized she wasn't going to make it, like... Wouldn't you think, let's back out of this idea. <laughs> well, they said, like, one of the things I read was that she actually could fit through all the way through there. Yeah, I saw, I saw that too, but I still would have been like, I'm not going to stay in this. Yeah. Let's, let's back out of this because this probably wasn't a good idea. Something else funny about that scene too is how did nobody hear the, hear her being... Because there's loud music going on at yeah, the party, party like in any... And nobody else came out. I thought it was funny that nobody else came out to the garage for beer during that time either. And... They didn't even find her body till the end of the movie, <laughs> because Sydney walks, runs around when she's running from the killer. She sees it. Nobody else saw it the entire time. Or maybe you know what though? Maybe somebody was just like, "Ah, oh, that's that's a yeah. pretty good Halloween yeah. decoration." They're rich. They're yeah, white kids, Corey. They don't give a fuck. I, apparently not. Um, did you, you ever been to a rich white kid party? <laughs> oh, no. Actually. Oh man, a lot of drugs. Uh, a lot of just weird shit goes on. Somebody gets. Some sort of penis thrown on them at some point. <laughs> that kid is falls asleep before everybody else. Mm-hmm. Something I did notice. Uh, I don't know if you guys... I love drawing penises. I don't know what it is. It's weird. Uh, something else I did notice during the party scene. Uh, did you guys notice the Halloween music? And I don't think it was coming from the TV because they were watching Halloween, but I don't think it was coming from the TV. <laughs> 
um, because it was playing in other scenes that were away from the TV. But you could hear, I was like, that's Halloween music. It's not the, it's not the iconic Halloween music that everybody associates with Mike Myers. Um, it's from what, some of the other, uh, different, different score. Um, and one other thing, they broke their own rules. Because they said that uh, if you have sex, you die. Sydney had sex, but didn't die. Well, they were setting they were setting up the point that these are the rules of the, your classic horror films. This obviously was not your classic horror film, and that was the point they were making. All of the rules have gone out the window. Obviously, but because did... this is a new kind of horror, it's a new kind of killer. Those rules don't apply. Those killers were breaking all of the old rules. All Not of the all of them. Rules. Actually, a lot of them all stayed true. Well, I guess to an extent. Yeah, they were changing the rules. That was the point. They they had they had found a way to change. They had found a way to to kind of tip the scales in their favor. You know, like and obviously, like um, you know, Skeet, old Skeet, you know, Johnny Depp, whatever skeet. you want to call him. He's he he had a reason for it. You know his. Uh, what's your uh, Sydney's mom slept with her dad, ruined his family. You know he had he had an axe to grind. He okay, wanted to, he wanted to kill the mom, and he basically wanted to go after the daughter. Which honestly, at that point, the mom's dead. Like, what more do you need to do to this family? Like, why do you need to torture the daughter too? Did yeah. she do anything? To that you? was one no. of that's. But when it comes down to you know now, what do you need to do? But like, Shaggy. <laughs> Lillard didn't really have anything to do with it. He was just like, um, peer pressure. That's... Which I thought was fucking hilarious. He's like, What'd you, why, why are you doing this? He's like, peer pressure. I'm a sucker to it. Okay. You know, I mean, it's it's it was literally just a matter of these guys are, are, are basically bored. They figured out, hey, we can kill these people and, get, and, and, and you know, I've got an axe to grind. You want to help? Yes. And this is how we're going to do it. That was one of the questions I had through, through most of it. I wanted, because obviously I knew he was the killer, but I wanted, I couldn't remember how... Uh, what his motive was in the end. And so the whole time I'm thinking, what is his motive? He doesn't really have one. Um, it's like, why did they go after Drew Barrymore and her boyfriend? Why did they kill them? Why that ha- They had nothing to do with, with Sydney. The only thing I could think of was they made mention at the beginning that she dated Shaggy and she left him for the other dude, so maybe he killed them just you know for practice but think about it all killers have try runs they needed to they needed right. to try it out first before right. they went for it but then but then you killed you killed the principal why there was there was no reason to kill the principal um who was the, who else um da, 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 da. oh his girl, rose mcgowan why did he kill her why did why did she have to die there was there's no real reason well first of all matthew lillard liked doing it after he did it the first time he got into it yeah, maybe so. They don't need a, they don't need a reason. Once you've gone, once you've gone, once you've crossed that line, do you really need a reason to do it? If he likes doing it, and they're getting away with yeah, it, yeah, that's that's true. They're going to keep doing. But in a lot, they're of not going to be like, "Hey, I killed this one. I got away with this one. I didn't get away with this one." The reason why they got they went after the other one was because he was talking shit about them. He so he the 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 principal was like well you know this guy th- these people are blah 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 you know this killer he you know he needs to be caught he can't get away with this yada yada whatever and then you know they went back and finished him off you know it's just it's just a matter of I'm gonna kill these people you know it's just he didn't they don't like being talked about yeah it. but generally but generally in these movies they always have a reason it's not yeah I understand what I understand what you're saying as far as um, you know once they do it they just can't stop but. In, in movies like this, they always there's always a reason, and there was really no reason. Um, I will say though that I liked a lot of, of Matthew Lillard's lines at the end, where Which he had lived a lot. Of yeah, time. where he's like, uh, "Houston, we've got a problem," and then then some of the other lines when he's like basically dying from the stab wounds and just ad libbing these lines. I was laughing. Did Ski hit him in the head with that phone? Like when he when he when he dropped the phone, he hit him in the head with it. It was an accident, and they just uh, Wes recorded the whole thing and just didn't cut it out. He's like, eh, I'll just leave that in there because it's funny, and just left it in there. <laughs> yeah. So overall, I, th- I I I like Scream, and you know I'm not gonna I can't lie about it. It is in my top 31 horror films. Yes, um. So yeah. And I didn't even bring it up. You did. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No. But Nightmare on Elm Street's also on my top thirty-one. Yes, so it is. And um, I didn't even bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I don't think, as far as an iconic film, 
Um, I don't think it compares to Nightmare, and I think that there's just so much more stuff that's iconic and mem- uh, memorable. I think Nightmare on Elm Street just just still has it beat by I would a close say, margin. I would say that the people would, would think differently. Horror movie fanatics would say you are correct, but the general public and people in general would say you're wrong because numbers don't lie. And as far as numbers, even looking at the numbers and making adjustments for ticket sales in your favor, because I looked it up to see how much how much uh, Nightmare made, because I was interested to see exactly how much it made, and then made the adjustment for ticket prices, because it was a while ago when yours was made, it's still lost by like a hundred and like I think it was like a hundred and eleven. What Scream did? One million dollars. What Scream did or Nightmare? Did? No, Nightmare did. Okay. Hundred and one million dollars. That's a lot of money, even with adjustment for price. It's commercial time! Alright, Vic, where can people find you? You can find me at Black and Angry, that's B-L-A-Q and Angry on Xbox One. Uh, you can also find me at MillerKing51 on all the Instagrams, Twitters, all that fun stuff. Corey? You can find me on Letterboxd, Instagram, and Twitter at MKOGonzo. And you can find me at BradScottComedy.com. Links to all social media, page to buy t-shirts, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at IndyBradScott, I-N-D-Y-B-R-A-D-S-C-O-T-T. Find the show at The Showdown Pod and like us on Facebook. Somebody should. And respond to our questions. And also uh, follow us uh, on uh, Twitter, which I already said. And uh, YouTube, that's it. Subscribe to us on YouTube and give us a good review or a bad one. Tell us what you don't like about the show. We're okay with it. We appreciate any self-deprecating. Tell us how awful we are. And with that, let's get back to the show. All right. We are back. And uh, I have made a decision. Um, This is an exhibition match, so there's nothing on the line, and you both win. Yay! (laughs) Now, if I was going to be a little honest, I probably would have given an odd to the crowd. I don't know what that was. Anyways. um, But they're both great movies, um, and I I, I really enjoy both. So they they both are good enough to become winners, and this is more a celebration of Wes Craven uh, and a remembrance of everything he did. Uh, he had tons of classics. Corey, uh, why don't you tell us about some of those? Oh, sorry. I was uh, I was tweeting out um, who was more uh, a more iconic horror character, Leatherface. And my uh, phone decided to put in Chuckle instead of Chucky. E. I uh, so I great. posted it as uh, well, and uh, so far. Uh, the poll results are no likes and no comments. <laughs> well, that's not surprising. Um, so, um, like, like we mentioned earlier, Last House on the Left uh, was uh, Wes's first film. Uh, Brad, have you seen this one? I saw the remake. I saw have the not remake. seen the original. Does this is where the, the people break in and try to rape the girl, and then the dad starts... No, she's already been him. raped, and oh, then they, yeah. go, they go to the house... Uh, which turns out to be her family's house, and then they find out that they they raped her and were abusing her and what have you. Um, I saw the original, and I saw the original right after, or right before, I can't remember, having seen The Hills Have Eyes. Now, those two movies... What year did it come out? Uh, uh, Last House on the Left came out in 72. So you were probably like, you probably drove there, you probably got a, no, this, a senior citizen discount. <laughs> yes, um, Hills Have Eyes came out in '77, and old. yes, I am. Um, and I watched both of those the same week on DVD, like uh, s- several years ago. But watched them pretty much back to back. And I swear, after watching those, I felt dirty. <laughs> it was because of the content in those. It's just like you just feel like you need a shower because it was just. It's like. It, it, it's an unnerving experience just to, to watch them, and then to watch them, you know, in, in that fashion, it's just like, oh, you, you can't do it. Which, which is why both of them are in my top thirty-one of all time. Uh, Vic, have, 
use... I, I have seen both. And, and for me, I really enjoyed um, The Hills Have Eyes just because it was, it was just, like you said, you do come out of that, like, feeling just, ugh. Like, that was one of the first, like, after watching it, I did. I had that same feeling. Like, you just feel like you have a layer of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it's, it was just nasty. <laughs> yeah, and and you know one of the one of the taglines for Last House on the Left is remember it's just a movie. And if you haven't seen the movie and you hear that, it's like yeah, so what's the big deal? Watch it because it's just like it's so unnerving, especially if you've got a family, especially if you've got a daughter, and to and to put yourself in those parents' uh, places, it's just like. Uh, I can't imagine. The remake is good, but it doesn't have that gritty feel to it as the original did. And I think a lot has to do with the fact that uh, the people in the original, you've never seen before. You've probably never seen them since then, um, but they haven't, they're, they're not famous. In the, in the remake, you have Ricky Lindholm, who's part of Garfunkel and Oates. Um, the, the dude from uh, uh, Raising Hope is in there as well is on there in the, as well too. Remake, so you were you were already familiar with these the people. The remake did a good job at remaking it. Right. But and it wasn't that it was a bad movie, but it was it, a remake. It just didn't have that same grittiness. Right. Um, one of his other films, Swamp Thing, came out in oh, 82. I, I remember seeing this movie when I was a kid and I it, it really didn't hold anything with me. I was just like, "Eh, okay, uh, Adrian Barbeau's boobs are about the only <laughs> thing I really remember from the movie." Uh, you're not a comic book type person. Yeah, see, I, I never read the comics, though. Yeah, it's you know, the comic books are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and, and to see it brought in, brought to life, that's... that. This, this, see, this is the thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, they finally made, uh, made a comic book movie. No. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, comic book movies were made long before yeah. anyone, before what people think comic book movies were, because Swamp Thing is a comic book movie. Yeah, most it is, but that. yeah. But it's just not the same as... Like Batman comic book movie. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes Part 2 came out in 84. Um, that one doesn't really hold as much to me as the original did. It was good. Michael Berryman, you know, mm-hmm. is, is is awesome. Or, was he in the second one? I think it was in the second one, too. It's that sequel thing. Yeah, but it's just like, yeah, it's, it's good, but it's just not the same. Um, and Brad, chime in if, you, if you've seen any of these. Um Nightmare on Elm Street came out the same year, uh, which we just talked about. Uh, then you had Nightmare on Elm Street two, which he, which he, he didn't have anything. He to hated them, right? Didn't yeah. He? Well, that's but that's because he when he came up with them, he he did the first one, but he had already he sold the rights to the to the the subsequent sequel. Right. When he made them, when he made the original movie, because he didn't think it was going to do as well as it ended up doing. So he and he needed money at the time, so he had sold the the he had gotten rid of the rights to. To the other, to the other sequel, and he didn't come back to it until '94 in yeah. New Nightmare, which I saw in the theaters. I remember going to see this in the theaters. I was a senior in high school. Brad, what were you in elementary school still? No, I was uh, twelve. '94, <laughs> so I was twelve. So I was in uh, middle school. Yeah, uh, I do remember this one. That was that was very. I was two years out of high school. <laughs> Um, I think I may have just graduated or was a senior, um, but I th- this one I thought was really innovative because it was taking what you knew from the Nightmare series and crossing it over into "quote unquote" real life, and and Heather Lankenkamp playing herself, Wes playing himself, and so I thought it was, I thought that was uh, it was pretty good. It's not something you really seen before. Um, going back um, to the '80s here. Um, you had The Serpent and the Rainbow came out in 88. I didn't see this until probably 99 or 2000. Great freaking film. Great movie. That, like, zombies, like, it, it, like, voodoo, like, zombies, all this crazy crap. It was, it was a, it was a rough movie. Yeah, starring Bill Pullman. I had to, had to make sure, because I always get him and, uh. Bill Paxton. And Bill yeah. Paxton mixed up, mm-hmm. but, uh, Bill Pullman goes, goes, uh, where, where was it, uh. Where, oh Haiti, it was Haiti. Goes down to Haiti and finds and starts dealing with black magic and um, this drug that people are being injected with or in, ingesting, and they're being buried alive. Although it looks their heart rate is slowed down so much that everybody thinks that they're dead, so they're buried, but they're actually not. So when they actually come through, and it's like 
they're fucked because they're six feet deep now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's they're, a, they're coming back and they, they think they're zombies. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a great it's a Did great. Did we skip movie. Shocker? Or is that, no, Shocker it came come out later. Shocker came out in '89. Oh wow! Uh, starring Nicholas Pileggi. Oh. That's that's one that that did not sit well with me. <laughs> yeah, that that was a good one. I just and I just recently saw that you know in the last couple of years and so, for the first time, um, and that was another good one. People under the stairs came out in ninety one. I remember, again another one I saw probably in middle school. Um, well, maybe it was high school because it was ninety one. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was uh, nine. <laughs> but uh but yeah this is another good one and it actually was just on chiller um i i was watching a little bit of it this past weekend uh we did mention new nightmare vampire in brooklyn came out in 95 that one starring eddie murphy as a vampire um that one wasn't that great <laughs> of course you didn't like it had a black man in which yeah. one vampire in brooklyn oh <laughs> yeah yeah, well, let's be honest, it wasn't that great. Eddie Murphy trying to play a vampire, not that good. Um, and then 96, we got Scream, and 97, Scream 2, which I can't remember if I saw Scream in the theaters, but I'm pretty sure I saw Scream 2 and then Scream 3 in the theater as well, too. Music of the Heart. I know, I was looking at that, and I'm just like, that's such a weird It movie. is. This is the one movie that was not a horror film that he directed. And it's the story of a school teacher's struggle to teach violin to inner city Harlem kids. Now, let's <laughs> that take, sounds awful. Let's take away the fact that it's Wes Craven directing it, and just look at look at the the, the plot line. That screams dumb to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. It seems boring yeah. to me. It seems like actually taking violin lessons. Um, there's probably non inner city kids that are struggling to uh to, to learn uh violin it's like why does a kid kids don't want to learn violin yeah in the inner city they just need to it's learn not how just, to slang that rock it's not just the inner city it's the suburbs right, too <laughs> hey that's what i did in my free time slang that rock slang that rock slang that rock uh let's see after that we got uh cursed came out in 2005 well before that you had scream three well yeah i mentioned that one too or oh, okay. went with scream two uh cursed came out in 2005 with christina ricci i like that movie uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, I believe this sat on the shelf for a long time, and they finally just decided to release it. Um, again, written by Kevin Williamson, who also uh, wrote the Scream series. Um, Christina Ricci. Jesse Eisenberg's in it? I didn't realize that. Uh, and Portia de Rossi's in it as well. And I think oh, Maya, Shannon Elizabeth. Um, so, yeah, there's that one. Oh, Joshua Jackson. Derek Mears. Which is which is who? Dawson's Creek. Who? Joshua Jackson. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Casey from Dawson's Creek. That's why what's his name? Now this next movie uh, that came out in two thousand five. I don't wanna what is the next I, I was going to let you finish. Uh, also, in 2005, Red Eye came out. I've never seen that. I saw I this one. Like that movie. I thought it had Jodie Foster in it for some reason. No, that's you're uh, thinking of probably Panic Room. I don't know. No, there's no, a no. there's a flight there's, movie with Jodie. Yeah. She loses. Oh her. yeah, yeah, flight plan. Sir, yeah. I'll just I'll, you gotta tell me what my child is, sir. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm just a I'm just a lesbian looking straight woman trying to make it back <laughs> home on this plane. And you cannot tell me that you can't tell me. That's pretty good impersonation. I know. I do a really good Jodie Foster. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Rachel McAdams and Cillian Murphy are in it. Um, I actually remember seeing this. I don't remember anything about this movie. However, I did see the uh, sneak preview of the movie, but I don't remember a damn thing about it. She's on the plane. Yeah. Her father, um, they, they need her to um, kill a politician. Yeah, they need her to clear the room. They need her to make the politician move to another room on the water side of the hotel so they can launch a rocket into his room and kill him. So yeah, they, would you be like, well, am I going to die too? Fuck your plan. And they said kill they, me now. They said they, they'll kill her dad if they don't do it. He's oh. got an assassin uh, of her dad. Dad's had a good run. She stabs him in the neck with a pen. I kind of remember that. But this, uh, but this is just one that kind of was like, eh, whatever. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Damn it. Uh, Paris Jatame. What? I think that's, it just says segment. So, oh, it's, yeah, it's him and 21 others. I remember seeing this at the video store, the cover, but I'd never watched it because it looked like it was a French movie. 
Oh, really? What gave you that what idea? Is it? Uh, was it the name Paris? Jetam. That in the Eiffel Tower. Jetamme? Jetamme. That in the Eiffel Tower in the French. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. How do you know French? And then his final film, Scream 4. So, uh, some black people know. Black and Frenchy. <laughs> Scream 4, which was awful. That's the one where, like, the opening of the movie is like, you, they try to do, they, they fake you out, like, three times. Like, oh, this is real life. No, this is watching a movie. No, this is a person in real life watching a movie that's in a movie. And then, like... <laughs> this is a movie within a movie within a movie. Isn't it, like, Pretending really, to be a Is movie. that how it starts off? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. It's, again, it's one of those that I saw once and never watched it again. It's just, like, one of those, I gotta watch it because I got, I've got i seen all the other ones. This is this That's the one that starts out, or is it now? This is the one that has... Uh, it turns out who's the girl? Oh, it was uh, Emma Emma Roberts, and I think is the killer at the end. Which one is the one where she starts out where she's writing in the in the in the little shack? Is that this one? Uh, could be. I think I think she's like way off the grid on the, at this point. I think that's the okay. Yeah, um, that's but that's anyhow, that, yeah, that's the one you're thinking of. So uh, as we wrap up this this episode, um, have you guys been watching any horror films this? This month, since we're in October, I went and saw Green Inferno recently. Thoughts? I liked it. Uh, it's about privileged, you know, kids, rich kids, who uh, want to be a part of a cause and get a hashtag trending. So they uh, join up with this crazy guy. Is that is that your part of the the plot, or is that really part of the plot? What? That they want to get a hashtag going? No, no, that's part. Like really, that's uh, really. one of their goals. Uh, because like, so that's. So basically, it's a take on how we have all these social justice warriors nowadays who just want to take the picture and put it on social media, you know, and just bring attention and not really do anything legit. The guy who wants to go and give us a slice of pizza to the bum. Yeah, exactly. So um, they travel to this little, you know, tribe in the rainforest that these big corporations are knocking down to build things, and they uh, interrupt the construction. Um, and then as they're flying back, their plane crashes, and they are taken captive by the very people that they were trying to save. But I'm uh, Some are eaten alive. Uh, some are murdered other ways. Uh, I heard the acting is just horrible. Well, I mean, it's a slasher horror movie, you know? I mean, there yeah, wasn't a thought. whole... Like, I'll say this. They looked pretty terrified in some of the scenes. <laughs> Um, I saw. I, is it is it hostile? Like is it? Yeah, it's like hostile, hostile in the rainforest. In the rainforest. Um, because it's Halloween, I know that, uh, or because it's October, I know a lot of people are doing this. Thirty-one movies uh, of October, trying to watch a horror film every day for the month of October. So, being as how I'm trying to do the 365, I'm failing miserably at that. You don't know that. So um, we got so, three so movies in. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Um, Evasion tactics. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll talk about it. Um, so I've been trying to do. I've been trying to uh, not be. Good lord, I don't know what the oh, hell that, that was. That was a little bit of Eminem's oh, Yellow Brick Road. Talking shit on me all the time. Yeah, no, that was, that was my bad. So, I- anyhow, um, I've been trying to watch 31 horror films this month. I'm only two behind right now. Um, but you mentioned you saw Green Inferno. I saw two that were Green Inferno was inspired by, the first one being Cannibal Holocaust. Yes, how was that? Uh, horrible. Thank you. It was horrible. Um... I, I, if, if you follow me on Letterboxd, you would see that I only gave it a half a star. This movie is... The acting is bad. It's just... it's The cinematography is fucking horrible. And I really, really, really hated the animal brutality that was going on in it. Um, well, that was mostly real, right? It was real. Um, I mean, you see... They... Well, this that's in the other one. There's, there's like you you watch a like some kind of rat type thing get killed by an anaconda. You see it. They actually sit there and watch the anaconda sit there and choke its life to death as it's sitting there going ah and screaming. But that's it's like, nature. Yeah, that's it nature. is nature. Common bears get killed by anacondas on the. Table. But then they but then they show them killing other animals with knives. It's just like there's I, th- I can't remember if it's this one or the other one that I'll, I'll mention here in a second. But they killed a turtle, a humongous turtle, just chopped its legs off, chopped its head off, 
It's just like, and, and there's a pig. Did they just leave it or did they eat it? Um, they ate it. Yeah. Circle it, of life. It's, it was just, it was, so, it's so unnerving. And I don't know if that's what they were going for, but I don't dig that shit. And so that one and Cannibal Frock, Fro, or I'm not sure how you say it. I gave that one one and a half stars because it was slightly better, but the amount, the amount of, uh, uh, the animal killings wasn't near as well, it was just as bad, but the plot was a little bit better. How now, many? How it, many? How it, many dead meerkats do you give it? <laughs> uh, out of out of ten dead meerkats. Um, also, this month I've watched. I'm trying to see how, how many. One, two, three, four of the Hellraiser movies. Really? Yeah, I saw. Out of the 26 that are out there. There's only eight, and I watched. Uh, four, five, six, and seven. I still have to watch the last one, Probably which I heard is space. no. That was three. I I didn't watch that this month. I've already watched it. Hellseeker, uh, Debtor, and Hellworld, and I think there's one other one. I think it's oh Inferno. Inferno wasn't bad. The other ones, shit. I I, I the last one I remember seeing. I can never remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of it. But basically, um, uh, they there's two families the 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 boys go to another country um they basically start taking people from the other country they start a prostitution ring to get people to come to their room to feed them to the cenobites that's probably Which the one, one i haven't that? seen that's probably the last one okay that's that's the last one i saw and i actually enjoyed that one it was just very disturbing <laughs> they basically just and started an enterprise to feed the cenobites which is just it doesn't make any sense. Um, I saw the Poltergeist remake, which I thought was really good. That one has gone to my top ten for the year so far. Really? Mm-hmm. That's the one Terhune shat all over, <laughs> if you yeah. remember. And if you listen to him talk, he figured it was going to be nothing but shit, too. Yeah, I know. Talk a lot of shit I thought it was movie. okay. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was as bad as Brent described it, but I definitely don't think it was as good. That's what you're making out to be. You know what comes out this week? Paranormal activity. Another one. You see the activity. <laughs> I'm so excited. Is that the subtitle? Yeah. Paranormal then, activity. You, you get to see it. Yeah, you see the activity. You see the ghosts finally. You see what's been haunting all these people. Uh, I did see Goosebumps too. Oh, I'm got, I've got to go see that soon. So that one, talk, don't talk about it. Okay, that one is probably in my top ten. Uh, I want to see The Visit. I haven't seen that yet. I saw that. How did you like it? I enjoyed it. I had a friend very, that I think said it wasn't very good. Very much, because it wasn't like... Okay, so the enjoyable part about it was that it wasn't scary. It was suspenseful as hell. And it had those jump moments like crazy throughout the entire thing. Like, you're going is wrong with these people and like like that that was like the best part about it the entire time you're going what the fuck is wrong with her like why did she get what no 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 no, no. I can't watch that <laughs> like that's like the entire time that is, it was good I liked it I enjoyed it and there's a couple scenes here when you watch it you're gonna be like uh no done I'm done <laughs> so if you want to check out some of the other ones that I've seen, what I thought of them, uh, you can check it out on Letterboxd. There are a few other ones, too, um, but just for time. Uh, I will say this last one. Don't waste your time on Zombievers. <laughs> Zombievers is horrible. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Showdown Podcast. Uh, for Vic Miller, for Corey Miller, I am Brad Scott. Join us next time. With our uh, special guest making his uh, return to the show, Joe Lavelle. What? No. Matt Holt. Thank you. Making his first appearance on the show. Listen to our episode with our good friend, Matt Holt. We'll see you next time. I boxed the fuck out of that idiot. Yes, you do. And it's staying in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>